What's up, Gumbo listeners? Demetrius here, dropping another Data Protection Gumbo episode for you. And today I have Kevin Allen, founder and CTO of Probax on. And Kevin founded Probax in 2005 after identifying that organizations have limited protection without an offsite copy of their data. And Kevin's technical expertise and business leadership took Probax from an idea to one of Australia's fastest growing data protection platforms for managed service providers, earning several awards along the way, including the inaugural Veeam Innovation Award. And Kevin is also a Veeam Vanguard. So Gumbo listeners, Kevin discusses how Dropbox is used as an enterprise storage solution Also, why some companies think that their data is recoverable or protected since it's stored in the cloud and also why APIs are so important. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into the episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. How are you today, Kevin? I'm good. How are you? I am doing very, very well. And I, I wanted to jump right into the questions and, and start off with Veeam released V11, version 11. And I, I read one article where there were over 200 plus enhancements. And I, I know you also dibble and dabble uh, with, with Veeam and, and you are a Veeam vanguard. I'm, I'm not even sure quite what that is, but I'm sure you will explain how many hoops and hurdles you had to jump through in order to to gain that achievement. But wh- what do you think are some of the coolest features um, around the new Veeam version 11 yes. that was uh, recently released? Yeah, so, um, I mean, so, um, so as you said, I'm a Veeam Vanguard. I, um, uh, so it's basically um, an elite group of, of technical guys um, that know the all the ins and the outs of, um, of the features, um, how to use them, and also what's coming up. So version 11 of Veeam was something that, that's been been waiting for for quite some time um i mean a big a big part of it is uh, that it's cdp uh there's lots of existing products that have improvements under the hood um so you find everything blazing fast like maxing out um storage um yeah just just a lot of big improvements then in terms of the features um, there's a couple that that are really uh, important to me or ones that I like the most. Uh, the first one is immutability. Um, so it's something that Veeam's been talking about for years is the ability to air gap backups um, and protect them from being deleted by insider and outsider attacks. Um, so we actually won Veeam's first innovation award back in 2018 for our air gap archive solution. So it's great to see nice. this, this being made uh, more available to the masses uh, to, to help keep people protected there. Um, and then another feature is um, uh, Veeam, the, the backup and uh, uh, so Veeam BNR uh, having its own API, um, so without needing to use Enterprise Manager. Um, so for us, we we use uh, we have such a big focus on automation, um, and so having the API straight in VBR helps us to to bring more of what we're good at to to more people. Okay, great. So immutability and what was the other cool feature? The the API. So the API is a, a big one. Uh, just ah, okay. It, yeah. So being able to like 
communicate directly with Veeam and then we can build uh, like lots of automation on top of that and not just us, like any, anyone can do it. Uh, and uh, with that, that allows us to reduce the amount of engineer time uh, that you actually need to spend managing your data protection solution. So just automate as much as you can um, and with the API, it really helps. Okay, yeah, automation is 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 huge nowadays. And have you started... <laughs> Have you started playing around with any of the like API calls and started down the route of, you know, actually working on that side where you're really customizing and, and playing around with the APIs? Yeah, yeah. So, so typically we would uh, we would use PowerShell um, because that's kind of what okay. what was available um, with the API. It makes or with APIs it makes it a, a bit easier, and generally um, they add, they have additional things that you can that you can pull out um, with the API. Um, but yeah, I mean we're we're big on automation, so like we've got our our own. Uh, backup management agent, which is like a little helper to say Veeam and, and StorageCraft. Um, and, and it's all about automation. So we we know like what's happening. Uh, we can uh, go query our database and uh, and work out how to fix it and, and it automatically fix it for people. So yeah, automation is is key. Okay. Well, it's, it's pretty exciting to see Veeam invest more on the API side. And when I was at Rubrik, you know, we, that's, that's the one thing we screamed from the rooftops, you know, API first and, you know, being able to make an API call, you know, every click was an API call and you could really highly customize the way that you wanted to interact with with your backup environment and your data. So I, I also, Kevin, I want to get your view on and also see, you know, what are you seeing around the protection of data specifically around Dropbox. I don't hear a lot about companies protecting Dropbox because I thought Dropbox was used as that secondary protection itself. So what's your insight there? Yeah, so look, that's a, that's a good point. And, and a lot of people um, traditionally have thought about it like that. Um, so so we, we, we only sell to MSPs, so we only have partners. Um, one of our MSPs came to us about four or so years ago asking us to build a Dropbox backup and archive product. Uh, so we did that. Since then, we released another version. And we, we ran all the processes through Dropbox themselves. Uh, we were endorsed by Dropbox as their only approved provider for Dropbox backup and archive. Um, wow. And, uh, but now we're seeing like... Uh, a lot of businesses in the medical, legal, and financial space using Dropbox as, as like their primary storage. Um, so, so there's a couple of points. Basically, they need to satisfy their compliance requirements. So they need a backup or archive for X amount of years with a separate provider. Um, we fill that gap. Um, but but it's 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 good to see the adoption um, that people like people actually take into consideration that they do need to back up their uh, their Dropbox or their cloud solutions um, because I mean it's synced to the cloud um, mm -hmm. and when you consider that you're sharing files and folders with other people if that other person gets hit with ransomware it can easily flow over mm -hmm. and it, and you can just get everything totally encrypted wow so so you're seeing actual like small medium, even large size businesses utilize Dropbox as a secondary storage besides a public cloud like AWS and GCP. No, so, so as like their their only storage. So like that really? as their primary storage. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man, I, I don't know where I've been. I, <laughs> I have not heard <laughs> yeah. that before. And I, I guess they are making a case for themselves around being secure and uh, having, you know, things tapped in around 
you know, allowing customers to really plug into the solution that they have. And obviously, I guess customers feel comfortable doing that. And I just thought it was a consumer thing, like little guys like myself sitting sitting around and just dropping pictures there. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, the Dropbox platform, especially in the last year or so, has had lots of improvements and, and integrations. Uh, yeah, there's there's a whole lot that you can, you can do with it now. It's not just like it used to be just kind of like syncing files up to the cloud. Like you can, you can do so much more. So people, you're right, people are taking it more seriously. They're using it for the actual business critical um, files. Okay, so that, that brings me to my next question around like data protection practices and habits. So wh- why do you think companies forget best practices and, and some of them do develop bad data protection practices or they never really put the emphasis on data protection and making sure they have those good backups and testing to make sure that they can recover that data. You know, what what do you think about that? And I guess what advice would you have for Gumbo listeners that may not necessarily take backing up their data seriously? Yeah, so so I guess like before we even get into the backup piece, um, okay. I mean, really, it can be just harder for people to manage and keep track of stuff that's that's in the cloud. Uh, so, for example, like we do a lot with AWS. We've got a lot of different regions. Each region has different products. Each one's set up with different VPCs, security groups, lots of public IPs. There's a lot of people that have access to make changes. So there could be a lot of attack vectors. Um, and if you're not careful, just one staff member with one wrong rule configured can be extremely problematic. Um, back when everything was on-prem, it was a whole lot easier just to kind of check things out at the firewall level, right? Um, but people assume that that the cloud is foolproof and that they don't need backups. But, I mean, the fact is nothing's perfect. Instances go down, volumes become corrupt, and you need to protect yourself as if they were on-prem. So, um, like, for example, it's very common to get an email from AWS that says, hey, uh, we've lost connectivity to your instance. Um, you'll need to go reboot it. Mm. Um, now, if you don't have the proper monitoring on there, um, if you don't have any replication set up, then, yeah, I mean, you, you could be offline without actually knowing it. Wow. So I, I guess you re- you recommend to make sure that, that they keep a, a tight handle uh, or maybe even utilize a dashboard, right? Yeah. To have some type of um, enterprise visibility into all of your backup systems, because nowadays companies may or may not have just one backup solution. They may have multiple backup solutions. So is that is that a recommendation to maybe have some type of platform or dashboard or something that can give them more visibility in the, into the data deck that, that they are protecting? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and look, um, uh, so <laughs> a shameless plug here. Uh, so that's exactly what our Hive console does. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, okay. And, and it, you, but first, you'll have to describe Hive. Yeah, so, so Hive is our centralized management console. Um, so MSPs will log into it. They um, can configure backups for all of their um, customer accounts. Um, it's all fully uh, multi-tenant and, and segregated. Um, but it's, it allows people to manage all of their customers' data protection, um, well, their data protection strategy uh, from one place, no matter what they're using. So, um, so one of their customers, they might have some Dropbox, they might have some Office 365, and they'll have some, some servers in the cloud or on-prem, and we just, we monitor them all from one dashboard. Okay, that sounds pretty awesome. So congrats on, on the dashboard there, and I'm, I'm sure it's been working out very well for you guys. Thanks. Um, also, I have a lot of you know C level executives listening to the to the podcast, CTOs, CIOs, CISOs, all across the board. You know, what advice do you have for them right now? I guess in the midst of COVID nineteen, 
as it pertains to, you know, data protection and, you know, things like ransomware is out there and it's wreaking havoc <laughs> across the, the small, oh, yeah. medium and large <laughs> yeah. organizations. So what, what, what advice do you have there around just speaking directly to a C-level executive? Hey, what do they need to be doing? Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, look, especially now with more people working from home than, than ever before, uh, just make sure you start your data protection strategy at the endpoints. Um, I mean, because everyone's working from home, um, you need to really start from the outside in. Um, so if you've got a staff member running on a home PC with no antivirus or, or, or firewall with access to shared company documents, then, then that's a real risk right there. Um, another big one is phishing training. I, I'd recommend doing that if they're not doing that already. Um, so the amount of scam emails going around, I mean, there's always been those scam emails, but um, so say from like a CEO to an accountant saying, hey, transfer X amount of dollars to this vendor here. Um, I mean, there's a lot of oh, an email from an email from the Nigerian prince. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. I mean, I, 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 oh, I think I've seen that uh, once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I hope no one's getting caught out by those these days. <laughs> but um, you'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like they're they're getting smarter in their approach. Like, there's there's some really smart ones. Like, I mean, we've had them before where um, people have gone to the effort of like registering a domain that's very similar to ours. Um, and like finding the, the specific names of people and vendors and things like that and, and just saying, um, well, look, we need to transfer this money here. Um, and with, I guess, with everyone working from home, it's, it's harder than uh, everyone being in an office to say, hey, like, should I approve this? Um, so the main thing is just stay vigilant um, and just make sure everyone's kind of following compliance. And, and um, But phishing training is, is something I really recommend. Yeah, that, that is a key. Training is, is key. And you, do you guys have any solutions that are specifically targeted to like helping to protect or recover? against ransomware you just utilize what the backup vendors offer yeah so so we'd utilize what the backup vendors offer so um so our big ones are veeam and, and storage craft um so so veeam specifically like with uh, with replication as well as backups um and, and just kind of keeping the copies where you need them so local copies cloud copies mm-hmm. replication locally um if uh, if there's resources uh, available to do that or just replication into the cloud um and it's all about like how how long can a business afford to be down for? Um, and sometimes they could afford to be down for a day while, while things are rebuilt. And sometimes people can't afford to be down for 10 minutes. Mm, so, okay. yeah, it's, yeah it's, it, it just depends on the business there. Yeah. And wh- wh- where do you spend your time the most? Is it, is it mostly around like architecting solutions or is it strategizing and brainstorming? Because I, I know your, your role, you, you have a pretty, pretty large role where you are and Looks like you guys just made a CEO change. Is that is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So we took on a, a new CEO based out of the US. So in case you can't tell, I'm uh, I'm Australian, and um, I started the uh, the company 15 years ago, and we had North American clients for about five years now. Moved here three years ago, um, and then uh, it was kind of the right time to to get a. Uh, a new CEO on board based out of the US. Uh, we've got a new chief architect who actually just started a few weeks ago, uh, which has been really good. Um, and so that leaves me to, um, to kind of spend most of my time with the development side of things. So basically thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool like if we could do this? Like, okay. like uh, we'll go out to our partners and we'll say, what features would you like? And, yeah. Um, and yeah, we just build it. We've got a huge development focus and, uh, and yeah, we just 
Transmaster as much as we can. So, so you're part architect, part product manager, part product marketer, product evangelist. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that yeah. safe yeah. to say? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what the abbreviation for that would be, but uh, I'll think about that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also just, you know, moving more into some of these cloudier services as well. Like, uh, are you seeing any increased adoption of data protection for like Microsoft Office 365 or any of their other suite of products like Exchange Online and SharePoint Online and OneDrive? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say increased adoption, like not since not since COVID or anything like that. Um, it's always been pretty okay. steady. Um, people, Office 365, like uh, I know our MSPs have been pretty good at, at getting a data protection um, solution in there for them. Um, and yeah, it's just been just been steady. Uh, but yeah, I mean, which is which is good, like we were saying before, with uh, with people on home systems sharing through or sharing files through OneDrive and SharePoint. Uh, I mean, it's pretty risky um, to not have that protected. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a no-brainer, like just for, uh, for a, a tiny price per seat to be able to protect that in a separate um, environment just mm-hmm. in case you ever need it. Yeah, and also, is there one thing one thing that you see with Microsoft Office 365 and I guess protecting protecting that data that, you know, it's kind of a a call that happens often or something that happens often around Microsoft Office 365 and trying to protect it or that one thing that you hear often when it comes to protecting that data or customers feel that maybe they don't have to protect Microsoft Office 365 data because Microsoft does it for you, which... I heard they that's, don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's. I mean, it, it's kind of like we were talking about with AWS. Like you assume it's in the cloud. Oh yeah, it's all protected. They'll look, they'll look after that. Whereas, I mean, with Office three sixty five, Microsoft say, okay, well, we'll make we'll guarantee the availability of it, or we'll we'll do our best to guarantee the availability of it. Um, however, like your data is is your data. You you need to um, take that into your own hands and, and take some ownership of it. So. Look, even even if they guarantee it, I would still back it up anyway. But that's just me. Like, I, you can never be too uh, too certain. Yeah, and also, Kevin, earlier on, you mentioned something about compliance and regulations. Is that is that something that you're also seeing? Where maybe compliance and regulations that you know you have companies that need to you know keep data for a certain period of time or they need to store it in multiple locations or, you know, whatever that requirement is, whether it's financial services or healthcare or, you know, some other, you know, compliance and regulation. What, what are you seeing around that? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, medical, legal, financial, they're the big three. Um, and uh, it, it depends, or it varies country to country and in the US, sometimes even state to state, um, what those requirements are. Um, generally, you need to keep it in a different data keep your backups in a different data center x amount of kilometers or uh, miles <laughs> miles away and um, uh, but generally it still needs to be in the same country so for example like if you've got a you got us data it needs to stay in the us but that's why we have data centers all around the world so people in canada they need to keep their data in canada australia so on and so forth yeah yeah and that's i mean it's been like that for a while um, and people some people haven't really cared about it in the past, but Australia has always been pretty uh, strict on where the data can reside. Um, and so that's just kind of built into our our company culture. Like, okay, well, we're going to open up a new data center in this region because people need um, people need their backups there because of their, um, their data okay. sovereignty rules. 
Great. And I've, I've seen seen a lot around that lately, especially from, you know, financial services industry. Uh, so you have PCI DSS and, you know, I, I'm, I'm old school. So Sarbanes-Oxley was like the, the large one back when I was working for the bank. It was bank one. And then after I left, they ended up being acquired by J.P. Morgan Chase. And so yep. I was one of the TSM, Tivoli Storage Manager Administrators. And it was it was a rather large environment and I you know me and another guy and we were managing like eight TSM servers and we had six tape libraries the big 3494s I don't know if you remember those the the IBM oh yeah <laughs> okay all right I'm I'm showing my age like they they were like a little bit before my time those ones yeah like <laughs> dude yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> I know. I, was, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. I, I I deal with virtual tape, not physical tape. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it it was it was actually one of one of those things where you know you you never know exactly where the technology is is headed, but you you think something will happen, and that big shift for me was deduplication. Yeah. So you don't hear a lot about dedupe today, but. It's uh, I think the the main thing now is that uh, people talk about erasure coding and, you know, how can you make the data more immutable, et cetera. So are, are you or, or do you guys work? Are you working on any types of solutions around making sure like zero trust and um, any implementation of making sure things are really solid from a security perspective around multi-factor authentication, et cetera, like just from a security perspective. Yeah, so so I guess from a security perspective, um, I mean, yeah, like you've uh, so like we have multi-factor auth to to get into our uh, to get into our console um, when people use our our Scout application to deploy Veeam agent. Um, they actually don't even need to know the username and password themselves. So, so that's only shared between our agent mm -hmm. and um, and our cloud. So, there's no passwords there. No one knows it, um, and we can also like uh, periodically rotate those passwords as well. So they change, and people never really know them. So, um, so yeah, in terms of like security, like I find that as as something that's that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, again, it's just like being vigilant. Like you just need to make sure that. Um, everyone's following uh, those best practices. Um, if you got Office 365, force multi-factor for all of your users because um, it could just take one uh, yeah. one global admin that doesn't have MFA set and you're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we, we've covered quite a bit and, you know, that's why it's yep. called the gumbo. You like I like to jump around and just ask, you know, whatever I feel is relevant. And, um, you know, let, let's roll into the final gumbo question, which... You know, it changes from time to time. And right now I am really feeling for and I have sympathy and empathy for the backup and storage and recovery administrators that are out of work right now uh, due to the pandemic. And there's a lot of people on the job market right now looking for jobs. So there's a lot of qualified people. But there's also a shift happening in backup and recovery and storage where the jobs may not be as prevalent because you need more experience, more skills. You need, you know, maybe an AWS certification or a GCP or an Azure. And you have to really kind of be more of a jack of all trade of what's happening 
you know, around IT. Yeah. You know, what advice would you give for a backup administrator, or storage administrator out of work right now? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, look, there's, there's lots of changes happening in the data protection space at the moment. Um, so like, obviously we talked about Veeam plowing ahead with product updates and improvements, um, like ArcServe buying storage craft. Um, there's other investments in the space. So just try stay on the edge of uh, like the cutting edge of the new tech that's that's coming out. So um, get some certifications behind you if you can. So just like you're saying, AWS certification or like Veeam certification, they're really good to get. Um, like everyone's uh, everyone loves Veeam, um, and so if you've got that certification behind you, that that kind of it's not going to hurt, and and it'll give you a little bit more experience with the new features out. Um, get on the online forums and user groups um, and just try and position yourself as a thought leader so that people come to you instead of having to try and beat down everyone's door. Or you can get on Reddit and, and start a, a group and start a stream where you want everyone to go out and buy something in particular like, yeah. like GameStop. <laughs> GameStop, yeah. <laughs> That'll work as well, yeah. All right, everyone buy Veeam right now. all right well kevin it's been a pleasure having you on data protection gumbo and oh is there uh like would you like to share your your social media account or like any way gumbo listeners could follow you on social media like linkedin or twitter yeah yeah i mean um uh, probably the best way is just on linkedin um so just just kevin allen a double l a n and uh at probax P-R-O-B-A-X. Um, yeah, feel free to jump on, have a chat. Um, and uh, yeah, be happy to happy to talk to anyone, give advice. Yeah, anything. All right. Well, thanks, Kevin. Right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn, and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.